Hello, and welcome to Artbox DNV. I'm your host, Jason. In this episode, I talked to JD Deerdorf. JD's use of collage for his silkscreen prints, murals, and other works makes for a highly visual impact of color and visual motion. We talk about the role of color and motion in his work, and we talk about his concept behind this series, Brain Vacation. So, with that, sit back and relax and enjoy the interview. Okay, let's do it. Thank you again for taking your time, because like I said, this is this is your time, and I appreciate you giving me some of it, so just, just FYI. Yeah, no worries. So uh, if you could introduce yourself, uh, who are you? What's your origin story, and how did you get your start in the arts? Uh, my name is J.D. Deerdorf. I'm an artist uh, living in D.C. I grew up in Northern Virginia. I like knew I was into art. I was really into comic books as a kid, and like also fine art and stuff like that. I was like a total nerd. <laughs> and I knew it was an art. I was like, I applied to some art schools. Like I applied to Micah and the Corcoran yeah. when I was applying for colleges, but I ended up going to Davidson College. It's a super small school. The only reason you'd know it is that Steph Curry w- went there, oh. the basketball player. Yeah. But it wasn't a great fit. They only had like the art department. It was like drawing one, drawing two, painting one, painting two. That was like basically it was super old school. A lot of figure drawing, like still life drawing type stuff. So I dropped out of Davidson, lived in my mom's basement, worked at a at Plaza Artist Materials, which you'll know if you're in the in the DC area. Oh, Applied yes. and got into this program at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. And that was I think like where it really started to become clear that I wanted to be like a like a full time artist, a professional. Yeah. And that was great too because I had like gotten enough credits at my previous school. So like I didn't have to take science or anything like like I was just taking art classes. So it was kind of like uh art preparation. I was like in the studio five days a week basically. And then I was working on the weekends, bartending a little bit. And that was like when I started screen printing. They had an awesome printmaking program. That was my emphasis was printmaking. That was when stuff started to happen for me professionally. I got a job with Burton. I did a snowboard for Burton, like kind of randomly, like my first paying gig. Yeah. But moved back to DC. And then I was, I was doing tons of odd jobs and then art on the side, like part-time job art on the side. I was like, a, I was a bus driver. Uh, whoa, 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 wait a minute, a, wait a minute. A bus driver, like for school buses or for like, for, yeah, it was, that was, that was an awesome job. I was the bus driver for a summer camp and I was like in charge of a field trip. So I'd like drive the kids to like Hershorn or like Air and Space Museum or something. Yeah. Park, just chill in the bus all day. Sometimes I go in and like check it out with them. Yeah. Pick them up at the end of the day. Did that like five days a week. Wow. That was a weird job. Uh, we can talk about my weird jobs <laughs> as long as we could go That's this fine. whole interview. I was a, a <laughs> night watchman at the Phillips collection for like three weeks and I started to go crazy. Yeah. I was like, I was like seeing things. I was going to say, is, is it haunted? I mean, that would be kind of creepy at three o'clock in the morning and walking around with a flashlight. Yeah. I started to like lost track with reality. You get there at 11 PM yeah. and you leave at 7 AM. So you like, don't see the sun. And uh, like, I would be taking the bus home and I'd be the only person on the bus because they're going like the, the opposite direction. Right. But yeah, I was seeing stuff. I would like think I was seeing like rats scurrying <laughs> and it was just like my mind playing tricks on me wow. so yeah so that was that was another i could literally talk about weird jobs forever but <laughs> during that time i was also doing a ton of artwork 
And I had a couple shows, the show at Hillier, which is like right behind the Phillips collection. That was like my first sort of like professional adult show. Yeah, the solo show. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like kind of a big deal. But I, I was still working for a while. I don't, I honestly don't. I'm terrible with dates. That, <laughs> that show was probably in like 2014, but I didn't sort of become full time making art until probably like 2016. At that time, I was working at a screen print shop. And I got like one mural commission that was like better than what I was making for like three months at the screen print shop. So I just quit and like sort of took the plunge at that point. That was probably 2016. And so then ever since I've been doing uh, like my personal work and like painting murals on the side sort of or like in tandem. So during 2016, is that uh, when your first series of Uncanny Fantastic, is that when that kind of started to uh, come to fruition? Yeah, that was like a screen print. So Uncanny Fantastic, I've used that term for a lot of stuff but it was uh the first uncanny fantastic was a zine i did a hand screen printed zine full size hand printed comic book that was sort of like a collection of all the art i had made before it was like i thought of it sort of as like a comic book but also like portfolio sort yeah. of okay yeah that was around that time i had a screen print studio open studio dc that i was like printing nonstop. yeah i, I think that was about the time and then I was getting sort of random mural gigs on the side as well. Yeah, because, you know, if people go visit your website, they'll see all of the work that you've done, especially with the mural work, some big, some small. Yeah. So when, when you do the murals, do you approach them like a collage or do you approach those as uh, as your screen printing approach? Well, Jason, this is like a, maybe a little artsy fartsy, <laughs> but I have a I have like, like a working theory that like everything is a collage which probably isn't like what technical definition of a collage is, but say you're looking at a, like an actual painting, it's really like a collage of different brush strokes layered on top of each other, put next to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You can like do it. You can, you can make that analogy with like almost anything. If you look at like what somebody's wearing, like they're collaging their pants with their socks and their shirt or what, you know what I mean? I, I understand. Yeah. I just never thought of it in, in that perspective. That's, that's very interesting. That might not be, I don't know if that's like the technical definition of a collage, but anyways, most of the stuff I do is a couple different pieces to get like a couple different ideas mushed together and represented, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're basically uh, another way of saying it with like, you're kind of curating in a way. Yeah, totally. Or you, but you can curate something that's original, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, let's uh, slide into that next question of why do you use the mediums that you use? Kind of re-asking it's the, for those who don't know, what medium do you use and why? So, well, that's a, that's an interesting question because I'm like sort of in the, I'm, I've been switching it up lately. So I've always, I guess it all goes back to like, I'm, I was really into comic books as a kid. Not, I still am not so much in terms of like the, like story arcs, but always in terms of like the artwork I was always drawn to. And so in, in college, when art school, I was making a lot of collages of comic books. Like I would take uh, the school, the art institute, there's actually like, an, like the best comic book store in Chicago is like right around the corner mm -hmm. from the art institute, which is an awesome art museum, by the way. And so I would like go there, I'd like dig through like the 99 cent bin. They had like, or you could buy like eight like random comics for like a dollar. Like they were like packaged together. So I was making collages with those. And I was also like, there's older stuff. So it's like a four color print process. Right. Like when you look at those old, like uh, Fantastic Four from the 60s or whatever. Yeah. The the printing really stands out. A, because it's like those big, juicy, like it's called a halftone dot. It's like the yeah. way they're printed. And then it's also 
it's super cool. It's like almost painterly. They were done like so cheaply and so kind of like slapdash that they're like always misregistered. So it's like, well, well I was going to say and, that and the, also they were so sorry. saturated, you know, in terms of yeah. color. Oh yeah. It's, the, the colors are incredible. It's like, they're doing it so fast. Like one, one panel, somebody's shirt will be green. The next it'll be purple. Sort of making these collages out of comic books. I was also taking a screen print class. It sort of made sense to like try to mimic the printing process of those comic books via screen printing. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I got into like screen printing. It's sort of a way to emulate the that printing method. But so anyways, love screen printing. It's kind of, uh, it's tricky like these days in DC, A, like just finding studio space. There's only like one place that you can screen print and B with COVID. It's like not, not super easy to to do at the moment. C, one thing that screen printing is awesome, but one thing that sucks about it is that you can't like do it in your house, basically, no. unless you have like a sick house. Yeah, um, yeah true. <laughs> if you you could have like a, a cool like garage setup, probably, but like in my current living situation, it's like kind of impossible. So at the beginning of the pandemic, the work I'm making right now is just collage, and which has always like been part of my work, I guess. But now it's like sort of the primary focus. And then some of the collages I'm making right now, I'm like making plans to turn them into screen prints or potentially I think I'm going to also collect them in a, like another printed zine. But at the moment, yeah, I'm just focused on the collage. Cool thing about collage too. Like it's great. If you have a small apartment, I was traveling, I was in like a holiday in, in Indiana last week. Yeah. And I was like doing collages at like the little desk in the, you know, you can like bring all you need is like some paper and a, and a glue stick and a exacto knife. It's super flexible that way. Then I guess the process is that you'll take the collages or your assembled curated pieces and are those more like a, a rendering and then you then translate it to the screen print or uh, or other mediums? Well, I haven't made any from this series of collages. I haven't made any prints yet, so I'm not totally okay. sure how I'm going to figure that out. That's like a problem for future me. But yeah, <laughs> in the past, it's like make a collage like out of comic book shapes and colors and stuff, scan it, print it back out. And then, like, you trace color separations over it. So right. it's kind of hard to explain over without my, like, visual examples. Basically, you're, like, translating the collage into a different form. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's going from one spot to another kind of transformation. That, that makes sense. Uh, maybe you should start a future series called that. <laughs> yeah, right? Not Not planting seeds here. So what is the role of color and visual texture and motion in your work? That's a that's a tough one. I don't like start a piece where I'm like, I'm going to make this piece have a lot of, I don't know. I don't have like intentions to do stuff a lot of time. It's more like what I'm drawn to and like sort of what I like making is like sort of bold colors, mm -hmm. energetic line work. I want like energy and sort of sear the eyeball a little bit. I'm not as interested in like sort of minimal type stuff or like simple type stuff. I lean the ex exact opposite direction. Yeah, I would say your work does not lend itself to being simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that goes like with everything, like, you know, sort of like loud, bangy music. And, and in general, like other people's paintings that I like are usually like sort of pop and, and colorful. Well, you did this one mural that I think is interesting where it you just described all of that stuff. It's very vibrant, has a lot of visual movement to it. And the focal point is basically a, a grayscale tree. <laughs> yeah. And it's a cherry blossom tree. Okay, well, the cherry blossom tree. And um, yeah. that kind of really is very, it's a very 
powerful piece in that sense that all this use of color and then you go to this grayscale and it just actually your eye is drawn to the, the black and white. And that's very, a very bold, I don't say bold choice, but that's a very, I think a very good choice personally. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. That's it. That's actually probably near where you're at right now. That's in uh, Arlington. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. If it's Roslyn, yeah. Roslyn's always changing. Yeah. But that also, that mural particularly, to be, if we're being 100% transparency, <laughs> that was one they were like, why don't you throw a tree in there? Like I would have done it. No tree. A lot of the, hmm. a lot of the time I'll be like, give me what you want for a mural, not for my personal stuff, but I'll be like, right. give me what you want the focal point to be. Right. And we'll work from there. Cause usually you can't, it's hard to get like a mural commission where they just let you like hundred percent wing it. Um, well, unless it's at least, uh, Powell DC, you know, as an example. Yeah. Pow- yeah. That's a great one. But yeah, totally. That is a good example. But there's rules. There's rules for that too. Yeah, there are rules. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the point being, though, is like you said, when you have a client, you can't just basically just do whatever you want. You have to listen to the needs and wants of the the, the client. Yeah, it's always a little bit of like a, a seesaw situation. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, this happens with everything. So, uh, from your about page, and I quote, he combines the elements to form a world that is simultaneously optimistic and apocalyptic. What is your philosophy on life and the expression of it? <laughs> uh, well, I don't have like a, I don't have like a daily mantra <laughs> of, uh, of like, you know, my philosophy. It's kind of like, uh, the way I feel is kind of like when you're asking me today, like the, the first question you were like, how are you, how are you doing today? And it's like, right. I'm, I'm doing good. You know, I acknowledge that the world is like totally messed up and crazy and that sucks. But yeah. it's also like, I feel like you, like you can't get too bogged down in that or else it's like, what's the point? I don't know. I try to enjoy stuff, whether or not it's like good or bad. And I feel like that's the, that's what I mean by it's like artwork. It's like stuff exploding, um, lightning, whatever. It's like kind right. of almost like violent imagery, but there's also like a sort of happy, I don't know if happy is the right word, but there's like a smirking sort of winking optimism to it as well and that's and that's sort of my vibe in general to me when i first read that it made me think of balance it's like there's a balance between this chaos and order yeah totally you can't be like not acknowledged that like there's bad things or whatever you can't be too much of either you don't want to be full cynic or full optimist but i think that there's sort of a middle it's where it's sort of my sweet spot it's kind of like surfing Mm. that makes sense yeah when i was a young man i I surfed for a while. Uh, I was more of a skate rat. Yeah, I don't. I actually don't even surf. I'm just saying the act of surfing. You're on a crazy wave, but you're kind of like chilling. You're relaxed. So uh, let's kind of move into some of the the work you're working on now with your brain vacation series. What is the concept? Yeah. Uh, well, so it's a series of collages that I'm working on right now. They, it's all been sort of since last March, like during the pandemic i yeah. would love to make like a hundred i don't know if i have enough time to do that but i'm, I'm still working on them for sure it started uh, like when when we were like completely locked down my girlfriend was like she's like oh i wish we could go on vacation i was like we can just go on a brand vacation like she didn't know she didn't think it was funny uh <laughs> but it's not that funny but it's but like the why are you making me laugh stop <laughs> yeah the, well the phrase like the phrase was funny to me and it sort of stuck in my head yeah and so and like what that means, I don't even really know what that means, but it's like envision them as sort of like a portal to another world or like like you're looking out the window 
of a car driving through like a, a mental landscape. And so there's sort of like portals, doorways, windows, um, and also sort of like mementos of like a sort of mental journey, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I could, I'm, I'm picking up what you're throwing down. So yeah, like ideally, probably have 30, I'd love to have like 60 to 100. And then I would want to show them all together at some point and collect them all into like a screen printed zine. Oh. That's sort of that's sort of the, but I'm I'm not there yet. But that's sort of like where the project is going. So like, is uh, one of them uh, looking on your Instagram? It's uh, you have a caption of next to the one. It's called "Yes, I like pina coladas." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that yeah, really so this is sort of a sort of a vacation vibe, right? And when you read the title and you look at the image, it's like you can see the connection. Or at least I can. And it, and it it's it's kind of fun but yet it's also like you said it's like a brain vacation which is you you know under circumstances you just would go somewhere that has pina coladas you know like cancun yeah but you know uh, but you have to have this brain vacation right now to, in order to think about them you know I, I i find that kind of actually a good balance of, of kind of being like you just said about being snarky and also being kind of funny about it you know it's also like like another thing about it it's like uh like sort of like that apocalyptic optimistic dichotomy or whatever right it's like a pina colada is like sort of good for you on some level but it's also like sort of toxic the colors in this are like bright and happy but almost borderline toxic going too far it's almost yeah. queasiness to it yeah I, I see that like you said with a pina colada you know one or two of them are good but then after that you're down this rabbit hole of yeah it's, not, a, lot of, it's a lot of sugar yeah too. a lot of sugar which <laughs> does not work well with alcohol <clears throat> for personal experience uh anyway uh um, so then so i guess basically the the end game is eventually this project's going to be in a, another one of your zines and i wanted to ask mm -hmm. uh to kind of go back to the beginning so the first zine that you made, are there still copies out there in existence or have they just kind of disappeared? Some people have them. I gave a, a bunch to, uh, I have one left. I only oh, made, wow. I think I made a hundred. It sucks to make them. I didn't have the, uh, the right setup, but it, it took forever to make them. It's hard to figure out the price point on, on those. Yeah. But I still have one, the like DC comics has a few. We were sort of talking about like doing something like that with them. But yeah, there's there's still floating around. I sold most of them. Well, that's cool. Seriously, that's yeah. cool. So they're going to be a collector's item since you are not going to reissue it anytime soon. And I don't know. I have all the I have the screen like not the screens, but I have like the the stencils. That would be a way later project. Yeah, maybe when you know you're eighty. You know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> You have a reissue. Yeah, for sure. So, um, which I'm going to slide into this question is for those who consider comic book art, not visual art, what's your argument for comic book art being visual art? Well, I think those people are crazy, Jason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I concur. Uh, I concur. It doesn't totally matter to me, like, what is quote unquote art. I think it can be like anything that sort of moves you can qualify. Anything that somebody like made that moves you can. And, um, I mean, also those dudes like not. We don't need to go too deep in this, but the dudes who are who still do that make it's hard to make a comic book. It's super tricky whether that makes it like art or not. I just respect the sort of craftsmanship involved, but especially that old stuff. When you look like a Jack Kirby is like sort of one of my favorites. Oh like, yeah, he's you, like it's, some icon. of the stuff is yeah. so it's so like abstract in some places that I don't see why it wouldn't be. I'm not sure who doesn't think comic book art is art. I'd like to talk to those people. Yeah, I haven't really met 
anyone that I can think of at the top of my head because it's like, like you said, when you preface it, it's like, look, a lot of thought goes into these things, you know, a lot of, yeah. you know, a design work goes into these things, you know, and, and yeah. like you said, like, I feel like you, we can all agree, but it's also like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't totally matter. Like, you know, I get inspired, like stuff that people definitely wouldn't think is art, I think is still can be interesting and inspirational, like, uh, like a commercial or like an advertise. I mean, these, the collages that I'm making right now, it's all from magazines. It's from like advertising essentially, but you can still sort of find these like cool colors and, and stuff like that. You can find it anywhere. That is interesting that you're pulling uh, a lot of the stuff from ads because mm -hmm. that does kind of say almost something within itself that advertising is usually supposed to be really high visual impact, especially printed stuff. Totally. And the fact that you're, you're, getting inspiration from that is is just more evidence of your work overall in my opinion yeah it was also it, it's uh my building we don't have like a in-room laundry or whatever it's like a, there's like a laundry room in the in the basement and it's like a magazine library it's incredible everybody just like leaves their magazines there and mm. so when i do laundry i just jack all the magazines <laughs> so you have a constant resource you don't have to go out and find them in the trash you can just go down to the basement and <laughs> yeah that's kind of how it started i think that's like why when i was starting to make the collages i think was i was just like leafing through those magazines i was like ooh, you know I should try, I should, these colors look good was it literally like ooh la la i think i will take this <laughs> yeah totally totally so uh there's a bunch of the the best one is this magazine real simple it's like uh like a home decor magazine but they they have good they have good ads and, and also like the art direction of their features always has cool colors what's the least magazine that doesn't have a lot of cool stuff in it there's there's a lot of that like uh like parade the, econ <laughs> the economist oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like or like the new yorker isn't great either the economist and the new yorker also the paper it's way too it's like thin yeah um, it's almost it's like newspaper yeah yeah it's it's too like wrinkly and thin well it says something about the economist they're just being cheap <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was e economically printing it yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> so funny. how do you feel about comic books turning into movies and tv shows well i did i mean i don't want to sound like too much of a nerd but i i <laughs> dig it like especially like the marvel stuff like I, I watch uh i watch the wandavision show yeah uh the scarlet witch wandavision show yeah i watch that like 8 a.m on friday mornings um <laughs> but like right like right when it comes out but I mean, I mean, obviously, like some of them are are stupid. It's also weird. It's weird to me. Like when I was a kid, you would get like beat up for knowing, like about knowing about like the intricacies of the Scarlet Witch and the and Vision's like romance. Right. Was yeah. was not was not cool at all. And now it's like the most popular show on TV. Right. So yeah. that's that's interesting. And hopefully, that's good for like little kids these days can sort of be embraced for being weird. But I mean, it's, it totally depends. Like the Hellboy movies, I just saw the the most recent Hellboy movie. Yeah, was is terrible. Yeah. and those and those comic books are incredible. The art is that's like the best, some of the best modern. Uh, yeah, comic book art is that guy Mike Mignola. Yeah, Mike Mignola has it down. I mean, he really does. It, yeah, like you said, stuff, it, if anybody wants recommendations for something to like do during the pandemic just get all the trade paperbacks of the of hellboy especially the early ones yeah especially the yeah yeah because that's you know and i i um well and then you know uh i was i'm surprised that uh did you ever read the book uh saga where it's the the tv oh, love, love saga i i'm kind of curious i'm surprised that that one hasn't made to you know hasn't made it into uh you know movies or i could see that being a movie 
or even a TV yeah, series. Brian, Brian K. Vaughn is anything he writes is great. And the, that, the artist is uh, Fiona Staples. Right. Incredible. But well, I think that Saga, I, I heard they're making a Why the Last Man, which is a, a book he wrote that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're making, I think they're making an adaptation of that. But I think hmm. Saga, it's like, a, it's like almost unfilmable, I think, which is, which is kind of the cool thing about it. That's the other thing. Some stuff, can be adapted some stuff can't it's cool to try some of it's not going to work yeah the other one that i'd like to see made into at least a movie would be uh, uh, uh the witch doctor i don't know if you read that series but that one's really cool too and the art was in it was, i thought was pretty cool impressive i oh, know I'm, I'm gonna write that down i'll check that yeah, out it came sounds out like a few jason it sounds like you got some uh, some good nerd credentials here i like that <laughs> uh, i will not confirm nor deny that <laughs> <laughs> right on <laughs> Um, believe it or not, we're on the back half here or the end of the interview. What kind of advice would you give your past self and to other artists? Okay. This is a tough one. So the first thing I'd say is like, don't worry too much about the advice from other people. I Hmm. think, uh, that's not for me as a younger person, but in general, first of all, I definitely don't have all the answers, but if anybody did have all the answers, everybody is different, especially artists and like everybody's path. Is different and i think there's stuff you can learn clearly from other artists but i think that there's like a david bowie quote that's like it's something like uh like you gotta jump in the ocean to learn how to swim or something and i think that's totally true you need to like be out of your comfort zone and if you get into a comfort zone you need to sort of get out of it as quickly as possible so that's like one bit of advice the advice i'd give myself as a younger and just in general, like it's important to remember is sort of like, don't forget to like stop and smell the roses. It's like the, it's about the journey, not the destination. And mm. like, make sure you're like appreciating stuff as it's happening to you. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah, live no, in, live, in the mo- live in the moment. Yeah. Live here right now. Yeah, totally. But then what else? Actionable advice. I'd say like most of the people I know that are professional, they're like always, watching stuff they're like watching tv and like analyzing it or like they're like listening to music i think it's important to like consume a lot of art whether it whatever it is like it could be comic books could be a painting whatever like go see art go to art shows consume it i think that helps and also like learn about look up other artists and sort of like go through their website yada yada i feel like that's something that uh, most people i know that are artists like have kind of in common yeah i actually would agree with that because like even with doing this show as i mentioned to you earlier it's like i do a lot of research and, and looking at artists and i look at their web pages i look at their instagram i look at whatever material that they have out there i i consume it all and you're right, because it's like you kind of actually can learn a little bit about yourself or about your work by looking at other people's work and about how they kind of solve the problem or, you know, kind of a concept that uh, that you're like, oh, I could kind of expand on that. Totally. So that's, totally. That makes a lot of sense. And, I think and, like, I mean, like old, like in the like sort of old school, I don't think you need to do this, but like, <laughs> you know, like old school painters like Picasso or something, it's like they would like go to the museum with their sketchbook and be like sketching the paintings in the museum. You know, that's like the equivalent now of like looking, it's obviously way easier to just like look through Instagram, but it's like, yeah, you got, you got to do stuff like that. It's like, uh, even if it does like, cause you can either, you can like accept that stuff in your work or you can like completely reject it. Either one of those mm-hmm. is like a good, you know, sort of option. Yeah. That's, that's, or yeah. Another way I guess the saying is like you said, it's, um, you know, the a right way to do it and the wrong way to do it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. What is your mural work 
horror story? Like what, what went wrong or what happened or some weird thing? Yeah. So the first, I was going to, I forgot to weave this in, but it's like the first mural gig I got, I lost like 2000 bucks. I, uh, it was, yeah, it was real bad for me at the time, but it was like a local graphic design company kind of like took me for a ride, but they, it was a, for a restaurant. It was like a coming soon sign Yeah. on the outside of their construction area. It was literally the first mural I ever did. Like the materials ended up costing me like 90% of the total budget. Oh. Um, but listen to this. So we so we're out there. It's like it's down by Nat Stamus in the wharf. Yeah. I won't I'm not gonna say any names, but uh <laughs> the so we're down there and it's like we're up on this baker scaffold because like the bottom of the sign, it's like a sign painting job basically. The bottom yeah. of the sign's like 15 feet above the ground. So we're up there, it's like 12:30 at night this like storm just it's the summer this storm just like whips in like a huge storm mm-hmm. torrential downpour so we're like scrambling to like get the paint buckets down this big scaffold yeah we like put the tops on and then we just like run for cover and it's like storming for like an hour we're like standing outside essentially yeah keep storming we're like f it we gotta leave so we leave come back the next day there's like paint everywhere the dude who's like the construction supervisor yeah. is like, you're not, you're not allowed back on the, my construction site. Oh, no. um, and it, which was ridiculous because it wasn't like a finish. It wasn't like we spilled paint on like a finished floor or anything. It was just like it had spilled. Yeah. He literally didn't let us go get our supplies or anything. Wouldn't let me back on the site. Oh. And then the company that I was working for was like, well, you're fired. <laughs> and then I had my, I was paying my buddy. So I had to like pay my buddy out of my back pocket mm. and pay for all the supplies that we lost. Oh, so that's like a horror story. Oh. So that was bad, but I do feel like obviously I don't want that to happen to anybody. But you do kind of need to like figures. There, I learned a lot of valuable lessons that yeah, day. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah, yeah. That I, might I, be the the David Bowie quote I was saying about that. Was I was jumping a little too deep into <laughs> the ocean on that one. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can relate. I've had some kind of mishaps and, uh, you know, been blamed for things that wasn't my fault, you know, I've been fired, yeah. you know, or I've been fired. I mean, that was a, that was up. an unprofessional move by us for sure, but it was also like, I don't know. I blame them too. You, you were trying the best you can. You wanted to save the paint. You wanted to, you know, yeah. make sure it was exactly. safe so it doesn't like do any more damage. And, and then the rain came and the wind, I mean, it happens, but yeah, it was like, a, it was an act of God. Yeah. Literally. That, that's yeah. why they have those clauses and contracts. <laughs> yeah. This is literally an act of God. Totally. Wow. Well, thank you, sir. That was actually a very messed up story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're, I'm, I'm, I've recovered. I'm, I landed on my feet. But yeah, that's like. Well, yeah, I mean, you got, you know, the Brain Vacation series that you're working on. And, and I'm looking forward to see what that, that book is going to look like when it comes to the future. Yeah, man. Maybe we can loop back around again and talk about it. Maybe, maybe so. I mean, you know, you got a year. So, you know, yeah. better get it done. <laughs> right on. I want to say thank you to JD for taking the time to do the interview. If you want to learn more about JD and his work, head on over to his website at deardorf.com. That's spelled D-E-A-R-D-O-U-R-F-F. And you can check out his Instagram page at JD Deardorf. To hear past episodes of Artbox, go to the website at artboxdnv.com. And artboxdnv is also on Instagram at artboxdnv. Until next time, thank you for listening.